the book of Revelation consists of a series of visions. Visions which one man by the name of John received. Now, at the beginning of this book of Revelation, John is among us, meaning he's in this world, walking upon the earth. But we see beginning in chapter 4, he is removed from this world for a certain time period and taken supernaturally, miraculously into the heavens. That those visions that he received there, that he might understand them from a heavenly perspective, that he might have a different vantage point. Not the perspective of the world, of humanity, but that he would have God's understanding, God's perspective for these visions that he shared with us in this book called the Revelation of John. Now, in our study for this episode in our series, Revelation Shorts, we're going to focus in on one vision, and that vision has come to be known today by many as simply the prophecy of Wormwood. Now, it's only found this prophecy in one place. It's in the book of Revelation and chapter 8. So I would invite you, take out your Bible and look there with me, Revelation chapter 8, and we're just going to look at two verses, verses 10 and 11. Now, even though this is the only location in the New Testament that the term wormwood appears, we find this word appearing eight additional times, two in the Old Testament in one verse, but it appears twice, and eight times in the Old Testament. The Old Testament word is la'na. Now, it's important that we understand this word because in a few translations, they use that same phrase, worm wood, even though the Hebrew has a different expression, a different vocabulary word. So the word in Hebrew is lana, and it speaks about a literal plant, and there's two characteristics concerning this plant. First, it's extremely bitter. And second, it is poisonous, and that means it can bring about death. Now, even though we see it being used as a plant in the Old Testament, the vast majority of times that it appears, this term lana, it refers to a behavior, a, an action that brings about among those who are the recipient of that act a degree of bitterness and can even bring about death. It speaks about something that, that causes justice to be set aside, that it changes that which is righteous into unrighteousness. So in the Old Testament, the vast majority of times it speaks about something that is spiritually bitter, spiritually poisonous and relates to death and decay and corruption among an individual or in society. But when we look in the New Testament, that same term is used, obviously, 
The New Testament is Greek. So we don't find that same Hebrew word, lana, but we find the Greek counterpart to it. And this is the word absinthos. Absinthos is the Greek term that is translated in Revelation chapter 8 and verse 11. It appears twice there in the biblical text. Now, the sad thing is, is this. Even though when we look at this prophecy, this vision from the book of Revelation, there's only two verses that deal with it, but yet people have written much. In fact, one individual wrote a book about it. But the source of that material isn't the Bible. But he looks at the space agency and understands that this is a, a meteor or an android, something along that nature, he sees a scientific fulfillment of this biblical prophecy, and that is a great error. It is a mistake. Now, we're speaking about something from the book of Revelation and chapter 8, and that means that we're in a portion of the scripture known as the trumpet judgments. When we look at the book of Revelation, we find that, that there are seals mentioned. Seven. The first six is prior to the wrath of God falling. In fact, the sixth seal announces that's coming very soon the wrath of God. But in chapter 7, we see that the wrath of God, which is called in Revelation 6, the wrath of the Lamb, referring to Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ. This wrath of the Lamb is told to, to be restrained for a moment, for a couple of events to take place. And only after these events happen, then and only then, will God's wrath begin to be poured out. And God's wrath is poured out in the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments. What's unique, and we'll see this in our study in this, this episode, we see that the trumpet judgments frequently have the number one-third. While the bowl judgments speak about God's wrath, not as a fraction, not as a reduction, but the bold judgments are more intense. They represent an outpouring in fullness of the wrath of God. And when I say fullness, to the full measure that God wanted to pour it out, the trumpet judgments have one-third strength compared to that of the bold judgments. Now, another important point that has to be understood is this that the trumpet judgments and the bold judgments, because they are related to God's wrath, believers, those who've accepted the gospel by faith in Messiah Yeshua, Jesus Christ, will not be in this world for those judgments, the trumpet judgments or the plague judgment. So everything about this wormwood prophecy it has nothing to do with believers, in other words, with the church. The church will have been removed, taken up, snatched away in what's known as the rapture, the blessed hope prior to 
what we're talking about in this study, this, this judgment of the wormwood star. So with that said, let's see what the scripture is saying. Now, again, there is nothing that is natural or, or scientifically explained in these judgments. The purpose of the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments is to reveal to those who are upon the face of the earth, those who are still alive, those who were left and did not take place in the rapture, to understand that God is, and God is angry. He's pouring out his wrath because of sin, because of rebelliousness, because of a refusal to receive his grace, his mercy, his provision of his son, Messiah Yeshua. And the, the overwhelming attitude of the people is, again, rebelliousness and a refusal to repent and accept God's provision. So let's begin Revelation chapter 8, beginning in verse 10. And the third angel sounded. Now, this has to do with a verb that relates to sounding a trumpet. We don't know if it's a normal type of trumpet or a ram's horn, the shofar. But what we have here is that it's the trumpets here in these judgments that we're studying now and focusing on just one, that a trumpet judgment, a trumpet is sounded. And we see here, and fell, and we know what fell, a great, a great star burning as a torch or a lamp fell, and it fell out of heaven. Now, this is to tell us that this judgment, this outpouring of God's wrath, it comes directly from heaven. It's an outcome of this, this angel sounding the trumpet. And this brings about a supernatural, a heavenly judgment that cannot be explained scientifically or through that which is natural. And we'll see in an undeniable way, one cannot argue with this. I'll prove it in a moment that this has nothing to do as, as foolish individuals have taught that this is a, a meteor or an asteroid or something natural that's, that's in space currently moving around and heading for the earth. This is a false teaching. Now, the problem is this. Many people, they want to sensationalize the scripture. They want to try to take that which is biblical-based and supernatural and give it a natural understanding to make it more exciting, more, more of suspense. And therefore, this book that was written, it had much more to do with, with the National Space Agency than it does with anything having to do with, with the Bible or the hand of God. Again, I want to emphasize this. Everything that we see concerning the trumpet judgments, and the bold judgments has to do with God as the source of this wrath. God doing something that cannot be explained 
by the natural, by man. It is something that is supernatural that defies any attempts by man to explain it. And again, I'll prove this in a moment. The whole purpose is to reveal that there is a God and that he's angry and he is the source of what's taking place. It cannot be understood in natural terms. Once more, and the third angel, he sounded, meaning sounded his trumpet, and a great star burning as a torch fell from the heavens, and here again, from the heavens, a heavenly source, and it fell upon a third of the rivers and upon the springs of water. Now, what we're going to see is this. Based upon Greek grammar and what is said here, we are to rightly conclude that that, that third, third of the rivers should also, that third should be applied as well to a third of the springs. And frequently, a spring is what feeds a lake. So what we're talking about is simply Maim Chaim, that is fresh water, water which is drinkable. And what we find here is this. Now just think. We have a star. Now this term star can re re refer to many different things. A planet, a, a meteor, all these things. But this is from a human perspective. It's using a term that, that a man can understand. But this is not literally a star. It is not a, a meteor or an android. It is something that God supernaturally sent forth for this purpose. Does it exist now? It does not. This is something that God is going to release, bring about in a supernatural way. So don't expect that which is natural to be part of it. That's the message. And notice it says, second part of verse 10, and it fell, that is this great star burning like a torch, fell upon a third of the rivers and upon the springs of water. Now look at verse 11. And the name of the star is called, and here it is, Apsinthos. Apsinthos, wormwood. Remember what we learned about it. Two primary things in its, its base meaning. Bitterness and poisonous, that is, it is deadly. So bitterness and that which brings about death. That's what we learn. Now, perhaps the reason why this term is used here when we rely upon the Old Testament to inform us of a right way to understand this. As I shared with you, most frequently this word appears in the Old Testament in talking about behavior that, that is spiritually bitter. That which reflects not life, the life that God would have us live, but that brings about death spiritual, physical, it kills, it's deadly, it's poisonous. Now, many scholars point out, and I would agree with them, 
that the reason why this term wormwood is used is because God is using a star by that name and he named it as a way of reminding the people this wrath, this outpouring of my judgment is because of such behavior. Behavior that is spiritually bitter, spiritually deadly. It's in contrast and conflict with the commandments, the instructions of God. Look again at verse 11. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And it says here, a third of the waters became for Wormwood, meaning in a literal way, one third of the water became bitter and deadly. We'll see that in a moment. Now, the reason why I said I could prove to you that this is something supernatural, it does not have any scientific explanation, you can't look at the natural, is this. What the Word of God is saying here is this. A, a star, a object burning from heaven, out of the heavens come, it strikes the earth. And as a consequence to that, one-third of fresh water, that is one-third of the rivers and one-third of the springs, and we understand most scholars would see the springs referring to how lakes are, are, are brought about, how they are fed with spring water. So think of this. Give me the, the natural scientific explanation for something like an android, a meteor, some type of space debris falling and colliding in the earth and one-third of the water becoming, as we'll see, bitter and deadly. There is no explanation for this. How can one-third of the fresh water throughout the world in a moment become bitter? We're talking about a great amount of water that wouldn't be limited to one area, one region, but, but as it says here, one-third of all the water, fresh water, water that's in rivers and springs, are, are polluted, are, are affected by this. Again, no natural way, no scientific explanation. The whole purpose of this section of the trumpet judgments and the bold judgment is to say God is above all. God is in control. God can do all things. Man can't do this. Man can't explain this. And when you look at the teachings, this, this sensationalization of this passage, you have all of this extra biblical material that doesn't really deal with what the scripture is saying. It uses simply the term wormwood as a, a prophecy of judgment. And it takes that and jumps and goes in a variety of different directions, different things that having nothing to do with the biblical text. So we see here that this great star was called Apsinthos, wormwood, and it caused one-third of the waters to become as wormwood, that is bitter. And then let's look at the last part of the verse. Because of that, many men died from the waters 
which had become bitter. So we see here how the people died because. Now, why would you drink bitter water, deadly water? The answer is because there was none else available. They were so thirsty. They were so desperate for fluid that that thirst caused them to drink that which is deadly. And the message here is this, that humanity is going to be caused to drink. That is an idiom for receiving. Remember Messiah? He says, if this cup can pass from me, let it be. But if not, he'll drink it. So it has to do with the idiom of receiving something. In the same way that Messiah received God's call to lay down his life. That was God's will. This is expressing something, not out of obedience like Messiah did, but the consequences of disobedience. Because of the spiritually bitter, that is, that which is rejectable by God, rejected by him, that is going to bring about an outcome, a result that humanity that behaves in this bitter, deadly, poisonous way from a spiritual standpoint. Now, it could relate to physical behavior, obviously, actions. But they're going to be forced to drink the consequences of that. And they're going to drink wormwood, which is this water that has been made bitter and is going to bring about death. So what we see here, and let's not be lost by some, some stupidity of a, a space debris, a meteor, an android, whatever it might be, that people say are heading possibly towards the earth. This is not the fulfillment of this. This is a lie. This takes us away from the purpose of God, which is to realize that there is a supernatural God that is not understood by the natural. He's understood by the fact that he transforms the natural. This is what that sacred name of God, those four letters, yud He vav He, speaks about. The God who was, is, and will be. That is not natural. That is supernatural. And God is going to bring about events, many of them, in these trumpet and bold judgments that we will not be able to explain when I say we, we'll be in the heaven. We are not going to be here for those things. Only unbelievers. They are going to witness what God's doing. And let me just conclude by saying this. The, the measure that God's going to give to people for rightly understanding things is what he's going to be doing with Israel this time. That he's sealed a, a, a people, a people sheltered them from his wrath in order that the nations can see that God makes a distinguish between his covenant people and those who do not have a covenant. And in the same way, going back to Egypt, in the same way that there were an increasing number of Egyptian and others, that mixed multitude, that saw what God was doing, that distinction that he was making with his covenant people. They wanted to join and become part of that. But unfortunately, for the most part, at that time in the last days when these judgments are being poured out, his wrath, 
the trumpet judgments and the bull judgments, that people are going to remain defiant and rebellious and not repent from their, their behavior that is bitter, their sin, their idolatry, their immorality, their unjust behavior. So this is, in a very short but accurate way, a description of this prophecy known as the Wormwood Prophecy. It has nothing to do with some, some meteor or, or the like coming to, to England, uh, to coming to the earth and that NASA is, is uh, uh, monitoring it. That is a false teaching wanting to sensationalize the scripture, make it a gimmick rather than relying upon the true revelation of scripture. Well, I'll close with that until our next episode of Revelation Shorts. May God bless you. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Thank <laughs> you.